Today's episode of Amazing Careers will take a slightly different angle. I'm really pleased to be speaking to Kaya Hannah-Leinen, who's made the transition from the corporate world to being self-employed in a completely different space. Amazing Careers normally focuses on stories of people moving between organisations, but Kaya was so committed to helping people have the confidence to make a big change that I just had to have her on. As a side note, the best way to contact Kaya after this episode will be shared in the show notes, as it's pretty hard to spell. Welcome, Kaya. Thank you. Great to be here, Laura. Oh, I'm really excited. And I know everyone's going to really take a lot from your story today. Hopefully a bit of confidence to make some of the changes that you made. Uh, so we'll dive in. Um, and I said that we might start with the first time that you thought about what you were going to do and tell us more about that time of your life yeah sure um it started when I got back from the maternity leave after the birth of our first child um I went back um and everything that I was doing um just didn't feel the same um I think the moment that I found myself crying at work um was the moment that I kind of started to think why am I here? Uh, why am I doing this work? And of course, as a young mother, you also are um, overspooled with all different hormones. Um, so you kind of also wonder, is this something that is the hormones or is it something more serious going on? Um, but I started also sharing that with my boyfriend and um, starting to more think about it. Okay, so if this is not what I'm doing of what I want to do what is it what I do want to do um, but I think that was really the kind of uh, a wake-up call for myself that um, yeah crying at your work uh, about the stuff um, that not a was good not sign really, no that's <laughs> not really meant to be and yeah. I'm really pleased you're sharing this because I suspect you obviously are not alone I think that's such a huge shift coming back from from maternity leave and your priorities all feel a little bit different but recognizing that actually that was not just necessarily about hormones and but it was about something that wasn't right for you in terms of of your of your career yeah but even if it's just hormones it was just like it's yeah I felt that something needed to change um and, and whatever the cause was, um, the decision needed to be taken. So you did look into sustainability, I think, at the time, and this is back in 2014. Yeah, so I think I would have started to think about it. So what are the areas what are really um, pulling me? So what are really interested, what, what I'm interested in? Um, and I was working in the risk management. So the one area that came up was sustainability, but it was... Yeah, seven years, seven, eight years ago. So there was nothing on sustainability. There was no department. There were no people. Um, so that really was out of question. And the second one that really pulled me as an area was human resources. So doing more for the people. Um, and as I, of course, worked in the business, I had experienced uh, as an employee um, the rela relationship with HR. So I had also noticed that, okay, there's a lot to win um so that was the area that I thought okay if, if there's a chance I want to I want to go there and this was the first time I think where 
this this was scary for you it was it was out of everything you knew yeah because it was i think i was really confronted with myself um i had studied economics i had worked in risk management um so it felt for me that i was throwing away everything that i'd done um yeah going to the hr um and and, and choosing for something that i never done before uh but something inside me it's just yeah it's just intrinsically you feel that this is what i want to do even though your head is telling you like okay uh, you're throwing uh, your half of your life away and it was a position for one year so it was from financial point of view as well um a job that was meant to be that if you are doing your job well you actually are out of job out of job um so it was scary in that sense as well but I think I, I found some confidence when I had talked to the hiring manager um, where he t- he took away those fears. Um, as a big company, there's something always you can do. Um, and at the end, when I took the job, um, yeah, I, 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 I ended being there for three, four years in that position. So, of course, what was planned to be, um, or that was planned for that job to be done, uh, as very often happens, it's much more that is planned. Um, so um, it took much longer. Um, and at yeah. the end, it brought me to a different role afterwards. Brilliant. And um, just to give a little bit more context, I should share maybe to let people know that at this point in time, you're working for a large global insurance company. And so we, you've come back from your first um, maternity leave and then you've taken on this, this contract role. And I will give people a little spoiler that this is absolutely not the biggest change that you've made, that this was the first one where you stepped out of your comfort zone into a different role. And even that role, you thought it was going to be 12 months, ended up being three to four years. But what you did learn from that role was that even in that shift, your risk management skills were really appreciated yeah, sure. And I, I didn't really expect that because if you do something like this, you never know what to expect. Uh, you kind of just step into it uh, with your best uh, intentions, uh, your best wishes for yourself. But when I moved from risk management to HR, I noticed that the skills that I had um, um, from data or from Excel or formulas, uh, it was just something um very useful and valuable for the people in HR. So I could re- really easily be of help, of, of value for the people and uh, support the team. Um, so just people coming up and asking, hey, I want to I want to look this up. How do I do it efficiently? And you have with 10 seconds a formula that they can use the rest of the year that helps them. So, so just these small things, I noticed that, well, this this has not been for nothing. So everything I know I can now also include, but just from a different perspective and angle. Brilliant. And after the three to four years, you had the the opportunity to move into a into another role. This time, looking at your employee engagement data, and we won't go too much into that. It's quite a it's quite a niche role. It's um and if people want to know more about that, I know they could get in touch with you. But that was another opportunity where things after a while your motivation did drop. So tell us about that moment in time. Yeah, so it's um 
I think the role was, um, it was a combined role where the engagement, uh, employee engagement service was part of it. Uh, but part of the role was also setting up uh, uh, the function uh, globally. And I think it took me a couple of years. So I went there with full enthusiasm. And after a couple of years, I started to notice um, that everything that we were doing, um, either globally or locally, uh, which took a lot of effort um, from the local uh, employees uh, and from the global team to then consolidate everything, um, it was not really used uh, to such uh, a degree by the business that I uh, was hoping. Um, I was in HR uh, to improve uh, the employee experience of the employee well-being at, at work. Um, but I noticed that there is only such limits what I can do. Um, one person in a big corporate machine, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 I think what I didn't notice, I didn't really have that self-knowledge of myself at that point um, to notice that I was fighting with windmills. So what I want uh, is not perhaps the first priority or is not the, um, the first thing where we want to focus. Uh, at the global level um and that taught that, that yeah that that brought my down my motivation um but things actually I went quite became really quite difficult for you yeah so i didn't uh, yeah i i it, it my motivation came down but i also didn't notice that myself so i just kept on going um and i'm the kind of person who doesn't give up very easily so if one thing doesn't work then i will find another way um and I think that's the thing about um, giving up and quit is something. Sometimes it's just wise to give up um, and just say like, okay, this doesn't work. Um, I cannot, I cannot do here anything more, or I can just do so much and then see what happens. But I think uh, what 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 that brought me was, um, uh, yeah, the burnout, which I'm really grateful for at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, you had some really, uh, some very obvious physical challenges with burnout, with with crying, with not sleeping. I think you also had a young child. Yeah. Your young child at the time wasn't sleeping through, so you were extremely tired. But this tiredness just didn't really go away for you. No, it just, um, and, and certain things you just get used to it and you just think, okay, uh, the child is not sleeping. Uh, it was our third child. Uh, he didn't sleep for first two years. So you kind of, you, you hope it's going away, but you, you kind of get used to it as well. And you just keep on going with your work. So I also didn't kind of, I, I didn't notice for myself that I was tired. I just had to do a good job at work. Uh, so I was pushing hard for myself as well. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, physically, it's just at some point I started to kind of think about, okay, I'm not I'm not really, really feeling well, but I didn't really understand what was going on with myself or what I could do. Uh, I had followed all the stress management courses at work. Uh, <laughs> so I knew what stress was. Cog yeah, cognitively, I knew what stress was, but how to really manage it, how to actually do it. 
um, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know it. And thankfully, after quite a period of time, you did recognise that you needed to take sick leave. And then there was a moment where the idea of meditation came into your life. So tell us a bit about that, because that was really a bit of a, a real opportunity for you, for a real pivot. Yeah, that came by accident, actually. I had, uh, when I was a younger, uh, uh, 20 plus, I had done Ashtanga yoga uh, in when I lived in Finland uh, quite so many years. Um, but it's quite active type of yoga. So when I had moved to the Netherlands and the city where I had lived, um, there was there was at that time, 2008, there were no yoga places. So it's unbelievable because now it's everywhere. Um, so it kind of dropped away. And when I got kids, then then I totally let it go because it just was too hard for my life, my body. Um, and then when I was... I think with 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 my after my second child, I had done a mindful course for eight weeks. Um, so I was kind of interested in in that stuff, so to say, uh, but didn't really stick after the mindfulness course. So I had done the exercises, um, yeah, but it didn't really get stuck or so. Um, and then, well, I think almost five years later, when I was uh, looking, uh, we were searching for a, thinking or you know, uh, brainstorming uh, for a present for our manager who was leaving, who was really interested in different type of philosophies. And uh, we wanted to give him uh, some type of an, uh, weekend uh, retreat or, or, or uh, something like that. And then a colleague of mine, said to me that yeah we can give him an uh, like a free uh trial lesson at uh at this meditation place and it really tri- intrigued me it's like well, what is that place um and we were just laughing okay it's a bit of where to give a free trial class as a, as a present so it dropped out as an idea but it tri- it triggered me in the idea of so what, what what is that type of meditation it was zen meditation and he told me like yeah well it's really down to earth uh approach um and how to incorporate in your daily life uh, yeah so i just went to a class to this free trial class and since then i i i i went to the introduction course i started meditating uh first it was a um yeah of course with my <laughs> With my character of I want to uh, I want to do it as well as I can. Um, I ran against the wall because I was just too tired and I couldn't do it uh, as as much as uh, as as the as, as the teacher told. But I noticed that it brought me some type of uh, uh, calmness uh, within my own uh, being uh, that I had not experienced before. And I love this because this just really reminded me of myself where if someone said, this is what you have, this is how much you have to do or how you have to do something. I always think, well, that's the only way to do it. But actually meditation is a classical, classic example where going into, you know, 20 minutes or an hour's meditation without building up to it is actually pretty hard. I know I can't do it, but your teacher said, just do two times five minutes. And that all suddenly... Yeah, well, it is. It was. I think in the first lesson, it was uh, home home uh, homework suggestion was two times twenty minutes. So I'm as a really um, 
of course, a girl who always does what 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 she is told, <laughs> tried to do two times twenty minutes, but I just couldn't. Um, so I, after in the second class, then the, the the class starts with everyone shares like how it uh, how it went, and uh, and I was too ashamed to say anything. <laughs> And then I went after the class to the teacher and said, like, I, I just, I, I, I couldn't, that it's just too much. And then the teacher told me, like, well, why don't you just try two times five minutes? <laughs> You're like, so oh. I was like, why do I need another person to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a nice confrontation where you learn exactly about yourself. Like, yeah. And this was, this had really sparked something in you. And um, this is a, a sort of clue for people as to, what you're working on now it's not the only thing you're doing now but it was definitely the first way in for you but you did try and go back into your previous role in the insurance company um but that that still proved to be a challenge and you still had quite a lot of physical symptoms that you were stressed and burnt out yeah so I tried reintegration but every time my uh, back pain uh, came back so it it was just every time I I, I sat behind the computer I had a headache well that was something that I was told well you could have a headache uh, but if it doesn't go away next day then uh, then it's too much um so it was a headache that didn't go away and then um, back pain came back again and then you go back to the physio again and then they say well it's it's all stuck again and so it was a cycle that went on and went on um I think after third time I had it for myself really like a question this is not working. Um, it just doesn't work. So what do I, what do I have to do? And there is no one to tell you what you have to do because, um, yeah, it's your body. It's your, it's the way your body reacts on stuff. Uh, so it was for me really a uh, decision that took as well, I think, a couple of months uh, to make. Is it something that I want to continue pushing uh, getting better this way or is there another way which I don't know yet but the only way to find it out is to 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 uh, leave and uh, um, to find it out on my own how I can get better how I can get my energy back and you still while you were figuring that out you still knew that the one thing that was really a pull for you was to better understand human behavior and that sort of took you down the second path of what you're doing now. Yeah, so one of the questions what really, uh, what I was confronted with, uh, where where my body is not, my body was not doing anymore what I wanted. So that was my biggest kind of, <laughs> how come? How It's always done what I wanted. Um, and how can I, how, how it doesn't, it doesn't do anymore what I want. And um, so I started to ask myself like, all the, all the thoughts and, and everything what I was feeling, I was really also emotional. Wh wh why? Wh where does it come from? So this understanding my own behavior, it was not so much even understanding other people, just understanding myself, uh, was something that uh, drew me to um, into the uh, training of a Zen trainer. So it's a three-year trainer, but the first year is really about... Uh, uh, study classes are more about yourself, so understanding yourself, um, and also coaching. So I think the first understanding myself uh, brought me into the question, 
do I also want to work more closely with people? Because I had been a, uh, a confidant, I think is an English word. Word, um, but it's an it's 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 a person in the Netherlands. Uh, I think companies bigger than fifty people have to have one. It's a person who is kind of a trusted person, like um, an employee advisor. I think it's an advisor, but your role is really not. Uh, yeah, you give advice what the official channels are. If someone is, uh, I think it's 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 made really for tough cases like. Uh, um, sexual abuse of discrimination or any type of unwanted behavior. Um, but I didn't have any type of these, these harsh cases. I had really people uh, who just wanted to be heard. Um, and that was your and, first experience into starting to pick up some coaching skills. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So when I, when I was thinking back, so what, what were, what were the moments at my work, which I actually really enjoyed? Uh, not so much that I had achieved something, but doing doing it was already enjoyable. Um, and these were the moments where I had these talks with these people. Um, the, the part of your story I really want to want people to hear is this idea of how you turned, you discovered these passions, which became passions, and through your own hardship and challenges, but then to actually turn that into something that that's ended up being a business for you and you you talk a lot about how you've had to do a lot of scary things to move yourself through your journey yeah but tell us yeah. a bit about um you how you sort of turned the zen meditation the coaching and I know you you also took up a lot of yoga to help with some of the physical symptoms you were having how have you turned those into money making opportunities yeah, I think I've I've never actually had, I think it starts with the idea that I never had it in mind that I have to make money with it. Um, so that was never my goal. My goal was always, I have to find something that feels good to me, um, that fe mm. doing it feels good to me, that I get energy from it. Uh, and that first point, I was really not thinking about that. I This needs to make money some someday. Um, you've got to enjoy it first. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for example, with a yoga, it was because I, I was in the middle of yeah, depression and the, the psychologist just tell me, I just have to do something that feels good. Yeah, sure. Um, if you're depressed, nothing really feels good. So I was thinking for myself, like, well, the only thing that really feels good is when I'm doing yin yoga, um, it, because I had experienced such an uh, uh, relaxation in a yin yoga physically that I had never experienced before. Um, so I was thinking, well, I would actually like to have more classes that I have just one class in, in a week. So I would actually like to give a class to myself uh, so to understand what, what positions uh, to do. Um, so I said, well, maybe I should just follow the teacher training to give a class to myself. So I started to follow it um, and I really liked it because it's just like, it's not really cognitively. It, of course, it's anatomy and everything, but it was really slow paced and I could follow it. It was a lot of doing. And at the end of the course of the training, the teacher said, well, if you never were given a class, because uh, it was just all the other participants were yoga teachers. I was the only one who had not uh, done a yoga, uh, given a yoga class before. That if you've never done it before, you just have to do it because otherwise you don't know if you like it. 
like, well, there's a point in there. But it just, it was in the beginning of Corona. So I could not have people around. Uh, I could not just go out and rent something and start giving classes. So I came up with an online yoga class with my friends. So I live in the Netherlands and my friends were in Finland, um, which was a great opportunity to really come together every week and, and have a class and then chat after that. Um, and I was so scared in the first lesson. I was so scared. It was my heart was pumping and I was like, how is this possible? I know these people 20 years. So... Yeah, of course, when you start doing the class and then you start breathing and everything and it, it, it's okay. But I was, it, it was, I was just flabbergasted. So what's happening? And that scared element is something we'll come back to when, um, just towards the end. And our time is marching on, Kai, which makes me sad because your, your story is phenomenal. But, um, we've, we've sort of got to the point in this journey of yours now where actually you're, uh, your career now has moved into being self-employed and you are doing the weekly the yoga classes you've got your zen meditation um you've got the coaching so one of the there's a couple of more points I just want to get across in the time we've got left one of the questions people ask me a lot particularly when you go to a self-employed world is how do you afford it and I know you're okay for us to talk about this um, about the, some of the choices you've had to make to to move away from a, a sort of well-paid corporate job into a, a world of running your own business. Yeah, so the financial part has been really a, a, a another big scary thing for me. Um, I've always, I, I, the way I've raised, the way I've lived my life is that I have my own money and I'm not dependent on anyone. Um, well, that was a big decision that I had to make for myself because I have a partner is that there is a time where I am really dependent on him and I choose to be dependent um, and we do it together um, because this is something that I really want to do. Um, and at the same time, um, being se- yeah, being self-employed doesn't also have to be kind of a uh, nothing or everything choice. You can also just kind of combine it. So you can work a couple of days uh, paid and then do other stuff next to it so I think yeah. what I was thinking a lot was kind of everything or nothing so really black and white um, but there are a lot of options uh, in between uh, to kind of overbridge that time of of building up something uh, and you've and, talked and- about your choices you make different choices now but you make them together so you were saying in a way it's actually brought you and your husband together more. Yeah, exactly. So it has brought us together and, 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 um, it is, of course, scarier for me. I've, I've used to the fact that, okay, if I want something, then I just pay it myself and no one can say no. But if you are doing it together, then you kind of, there's always the moment that the other says, like, well, I, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, and that makes you, of course, a bit of vulnerable. Uh, but that vulnerability brings you then again more closer together. Uh, in a relationship that's the way I've experienced it Mm, tremendous love it and then just finally uh when I when we talked before about what advice you might give people um the the big thing you talked about was this idea of of acknowledging being scared but still taking steps to move forward yeah I think um 
I personally think that the only way for us really to grow in life is to do the stuff that most scares us. Uh, because that's the only way you actually can get more freedom in life because then you actually can do more stuff or do the stuff uh, that you love but saying to yourself that oh I'm not scared I just have to do it um, yeah I don't think it works in a in a longer term so just recognizing it okay I'm scared and understanding it why you are scared because I think a lot of times your head makes you scared and of course your body reacts to it. Um, or sometimes you kind of rationally understand why you are scared, uh, but your body, yeah, your body just, yeah, it's just scared. You you cannot do anything about it more than just breathe and, and, and calm yourself. But the only, I think, practical thing is to make small steps, make st small steps to, to, to kind of, Bring the threshold down. Mm. Um, and at the end, you don't know. You, you only know the first the first of next step. You you take the step and then you, then you see. Um, yeah. So take one step, experience it, see what worked, what didn't work. Did you enjoy it? What didn't you like it? And then you can then take the next step. But you never know what all the steps are. And if I look back now for, what now, four years? I could have never imagined that I'm here now doing this stuff. Never. And even if you could, you couldn't have figured out a way there. It's more just, it's just by the fact you've taken each step as it's come. Yeah. Yeah. But and four I think years that, on, you are where you are. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the opportunities that you get also come on your way uh, when you just start doing stuff, you just start taking the steps. I love it. I love it. And I think that is such a perfect place to wrap up. Thank you so much, Kaya. I love all those insights. And this was probably one of the most um, inspiring conversations I had just with with thinking about my own personal situation and where I want to be. So thank you very much. On that mm -hmm. note, I will wrap up this episode of Amazing Careers. As I said, rather than try and give Kaya's details out, um, on the podcast. I'm going to put them in the show notes. Please do get in touch with her. I know she'd be happy to share more of her experiences with you. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd always love to hear from you, particularly if you have other people whose stories you'd like to share, or if you are someone who would like to share their story, you can get me on LozaLoveUK at Outlook.com, L-O-Z-Z-A-L-U-V-U-K at Outlook.com. Uh, if you like this podcast, please do rate it five stars. Please do share. Please do follow. Please do subscribe. I'd love to get more stories out to more people. But in the meantime, I look forward to having you listen to the next episode of Amazing Careers. Amazing Careers.